It's the 2nd of June, 2015, and this is the audio podcast, episode 153, MIDI Wi-Fi CR. Crrr. on the end of that title, crrr. Um, that was Scott Hewitt. I'm Samuel Freeman, and you may have also heard moaning in the background there from behind the mystery hardware. It's Adam Yanch. It's mystery hardware Yanch. Yes, and of course it is the audio podcast you can head to, theaudiopodcast.co.uk for the website and add to that forward slash show forward slash 153 for the notes that we are using today. Yes, yes, and from that place you'll find links to stories that we mentioned, which this week is some news, some of which is a bit old, we didn't do a show last week, and there's a little bit of plunder, and yeah, so let's get into it, Scott. Okay, so um, we'll see. That yes, sir. the most interesting thing about this week is, is that Studio Thirteen is has been released. Studio Thirteen. <laughs> no, you don't get it, do you? You mean Studio One Three? Uh, I see what you did there, Adam. Gosh. Oh. Duh. Oh, I see. It's called Studio One Version Three. Ha 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 ha. Yes, yes. This is the Presonus Studio One. Is now on Version Three. Good for them. There you go. Um, couple of um, well, the the main the main the main bits are the um, extended FX chains, which they then report prompted them to create the multi-layer instrument features, and they've also brought in some pattern style arranging as well into it. Then in, into, into oh, I, I think kind of cool. the probably the most important one though, if you look through um, the What's New page, is New customizable high DPI UI with multi-touch support. Whoa! And of course, remember that PreSonus Studio One is a cross-platform. Windows uh, 8, and there are lots of Windows 8 devices with touch screens. So, I think that's cool. I think it's something that you know we should have had more by now. You know, we've had touch screens for a while, and and this one is actually saying that it's multi-touch. It supports multi-touch, which is good. It is indeed. Did, so did PreSonus get the prize for the first DAW with multi-touch in their native layer? Is that? I can't think of another. I don't know if they get the prize. All the other ones are kind of usable in some way. But um, the other good thing about um, Studio One is that the maximum version. The, the the best version you can buy is only £279, which is, that's good value for something that's not logic and backed by Apple, effectively. Pretty honest, they, this includes um, integration with Melody and stuff, doesn't it? Like, for that full price. Yeah. That, so for that, I mean, of, isn't that, you know... I think it's essentials. Okay. It's, it's a pretty. I've I've played with it a couple Studio One a couple of times now, and always been incredibly, in, incredibly happy to be perfectly honest. It it's, in my experience, the main problem has just been the fact that it's not particularly popular amongst other users, and as a consequence, you know, I mean, like you always have that classic moment where how can we get one session from one place to another place, and you know, when. You know, if you're using Cubase or something like that, there's a good chance the person who's handing you the session might be using Cubase as well, and it just worked by fluke. But 
it's unlikely that people are going to turn your Persona Studio One session over. It's just it's just very rare in that respect. But it's possible. I'm saying there are the um, you know there, there is a Studio One Prime which is on the way, which is one of the which which is a completely free version and probably going against Pro Tools are an hour from the free version. Obviously, you can also get the working demo as well, um, which you can also try as well for a while. So that's you know. I think it's pretty good. It's a, I'm quite quite happy. I I like it. I like Studio One. I remember seeing. Do you remember seeing it when it first came out? I think, it, and it was, it it seemed a long way behind at that time, but it's definitely kind of caught up all the sort of ground it needed to. I think very quickly. Well, the other the other DAWs, you know, what's going to be the next killer feature? Is there ever going to be another killer feature in a DAW? Probably yes, but. Um, at the moment, I'd say DAWs are kind of stagnant, so mm. there's, it's easy to catch up at this time and probably make something that's better than the incumbents because the incumbents are years and years stacked on top of each other, you know. Everything gets a bit complicated, but I think the Studio One is... Well, I, I, I tried it a few years ago and I thought, you know, this is pretty decent, you know. It was, it was simple, it seemed to make sense. I, I thought it was decent. I guess the most likely thing that happened with I just think let's just chat about what could happen to DOS for a while because it just it just caught my interest, I'll be honest. But one of the things that strikes me is that could happen, which which could be which could be kind of cool, would be for us to get away from the kind of hardware studio type recording kind of idioms that have existed for so many that, that has existed for so many years in the space of doors, in the door environment. But really, people's relationship to those actual objects is just gone. So, you know, that that's somewhere that could be kind of, you know, I, I think that's where the next thing will be, because it, it may. I I I'm really glad that every student, every kind of you know door has decided to pretty much continue that analogy running, because for somebody who knows hardware studios, worked in them, and done that stuff, I know I understand that entirely, and it works perfectly well for me, but. I'm always amazed that I spend most of the time, most of my time with my students nowadays trying to explain historical equipment ideas so they can then understand contemporary software which has been based on that historical equipment and I think that's the thing that could change that, that, in right. my mind that's the obvious thing to change. But how? That's the problem is these concepts of recording are entrenched and yeah the digital things are kind of they kind of concepts are uh, reasonably convenient to work with, I would say. How about this, though? How about something really integrated, something like the Machine Studio, but for multi-channel recording? You know, I suppose that's Pro Tools with a Pro Tools fader desk or. I see what you mean. Yeah. Like the the underlying principles that's like it's basically a romantic tape machine with the back to sample is it's a linear thing and there is there has been moved since the able to live creating a more non linear approach. Yeah, but I think that, that could go a lot further. You can have more stuff for making it more similar to audio where like what's using games where you can meet yeah, I'd say that yeah. live Wigger kind of 
the next generation really aren't they're like they've attack on how you sequence in a DAW and done their own thing with it That's yeah. true. Sorry, the long pause because we weren't sure if I would finish with the breaking of robots. I never know if that's my end or everywhere, but we're having robot time. It's definitely definitely a moment of robot time there, Stacey. Yeah, Ableton's the obvious one, isn't it? Ableton Lives in a phrase is the obvious one to kind of point to. And remember, there's like more historical approaches, things like Renoise, I would suggest, in the kind of pattern-based sequences as well. So it, it's not exclusively the kind of tape hardware kind of realm kind of emulation is it but there are, there are other things in there it's it's quite interesting in live I find is incredibly useful for a particular set of jobs um, just because of the way the way it kind of works if you as, as an illustration this is something I find quite often but if you want to have say five or six if you've got five or six blocks of audio that you want to follow on from each other but you want to have some sort of controlled transition between them, then that's actually something you can build once in live, and all you need to do is just drop, is just drag and you know, just drag and drop the five files into whichever order you want, and then you can hit export, and it will come straight out. And that's something you just can't, you, you can't literally turn it into a drag and drop task in any other environment other than, other than live. And then combined with say a more performative approach, which live is also very good for, it offers you those particular those particular things, which is really quite interesting to quite a useful set of tools to have available, I find. Hmm. Yeah. Let me see. Let's keep going. I think we should keep going. You know what I mean? Like people are like, man, if that's them just into the news, they're just that that's the end of news item one. They're never gonna finish. That's that's what they're thinking right now, I think. Well let's go through this one quickly because tell the story by now. Um this was with Spotify and Sony Music contracts, and yeah, dubiousness. If you didn't, if you if you haven't read this, it's worth having a read. It is um, utterly outrageous if it's entirely accurate. If it is entirely accurate, we suppose it might be, but you kind of wonder if it ever if it really is. Um, the, you kind of well. My understanding is that Spotify kind of allowed this to become public, and you kind of feel they maybe did that because they were concerned about being painted as the villain, as the villains in this current story of why musicians don't get, don't earn enough money from streaming music. And there, th this is a very clear. Well, we pay loads of money. We just pay it to the, uh, you know, we pay it to the label, and the label doesn't pay it to the artist. That's the problem. That's. Hmm. And this document released as part of that big hack go, or is that completely separate? Completely oh, separate. Sony movies. So. Mm. Oh, that would be cool if we could find some internal documentation from Sony about it. I hadn't thought of that actually. Mm, that'd, be, that'd be an interesting little journalistic project for somebody who's who's wanting to look into that more as well. So anyway, uh, moving on again because that's that's old news and we talk about streaming all the time and we can revisit that at the end of the news if we want to. Anyway, um, it was Google I/O this week, which was uh, a pretty awesome. Um, I watched the keynote presentation, which was pretty awesome with uh, 
three sides of the room being projected, being TV screens all at the same time and 3D stuff. I thought that was cool. It was cool from a production point of view. But um, uh, Google Chrome uh, now includes built-in support for MIDI. Great. Well, you have to download, auto-download version 43. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of amazing in a way. And what it, what it allows you to do is actually have a mid-browser. Hmm, interesting, interesting. But you could also do some interesting um, artistic-based stuff for computers that have MIDI, you know, MIDI modules connected to them. And, hmm. Cool. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Really, like, you know, pretty incredible. Well, yeah, and I'd say that uh, that Google are kind of on a roll because not only is Chrome um, getting MIDI, but also uh, Android M will be getting MIDI. Cool. Over over USB um, Type C for... connections. Well, yeah, and even even then. Hello, Adam. Well, I, I think Adam began some uh, insightful remark concerning uh, MIDI over USB Type C and has faded into the uh, into the distance. Sam, I believe you're still there, though. I am. I am. I'm wondering. Type C. This is that's um the only thing available on this new Apple laptop, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, in, indeed it is. It's um. It's the connector which has the peer-to-peer -peer thing completely sorted out, but not only that, you can plug it in any way around, which is pretty awesome. And unless, obviously, you were a company making making money out of having created a connector that was very easy to put in the wrong way around, thus rendering your device completely useless and requiring you to buy a new one. Though, in defense to Apple, they did abandon that connector a while ago. So. <laughs> It's going to go. It's it's interesting, isn't it? That I'm saying. I, I I looked at this article and I just thought to myself, isn't this kind of crazy that it's 2015 and we're talking about the fact that MIDI is going to be included as a new. You know, it's like, hey, version 43 of Google's Chrome, Google Chrome now has MIDI. It's like, it's kind of fascinating that this is still the case and it's happening here. And I, I thought it was interesting. I, I wondered, and I, and I do wonder, I do wonder this: if what's what's actually happening here is that we're going to see MIDI, but maybe Google have got plans to use MIDI for some other purpose, because the fact that they've rolled it onto Chrome, but also pushed it onto Android over USB Type C, and it was all announced. I know that obviously Google I/O everything of this nature would be announced, but the fact they've done both of them at the same time. To me, feels as if there's some sort of future. There's some sort of project, some sort of future plan, and the connectivity is going to be MIDI, and therefore they felt right. Let's get the let's get the software. Gonna, I'm going to have to listen back to the recording to hear what you're saying. I think I'm getting very broken at this, and hopefully it's been picked up by the mm. by the broadcast um, recording. But there's this year, the connection between the stories is you know. Yes, there's obviously connection there. I think, and also, um, in the true audio podcast of self-referentiality, didn't you mention that the Android project 
to look some time ago. Wasn't that something like eviction of yours? Need to be always going to Android. I think we have jammed up completely here. This is a Oh, Sam or Adam. Adam has returned, though, perhaps. There we go. So we we wonder what Google are going to do with their user interface, with their uh, with their interfaces. For anybody listening back, there's a good chance that the recording is fine. It tends to be. So uh, you'll be like, it's weird that they just don't seem to answer each other's remarks. But it's just because we couldn't actually hear each other. I think Adam was briefly here, may have fallen off again. He's here twice now. But such as Let, let's move on to our final news item, uh, which is the um, Digital Music News is reporting that Apple Music will be released next week, there you go. which will be, what, the 8th of June, and will come with paid and non-paid tiers. So do, do, we, do we care, I guess, is the first question. No. Oh, hello, Adam. Hi. <laughs> there we go. I was going to say, I was going to say that the uh, I reckon that Google just happened to be going through a MIDI phase. I don't think there's a link between Chrome and Android getting MIDI at the same time. Apart from they probably just happened to have a a guy or a team who decided to do it, and while they were doing it, they might as well do it for both Chrome and Android at once. You see, I I understand that point. What, I guess what prompted me to think about think of it that way is Google were also announcing things like Weave at Google I/O, which is the ability, which is an open protocol standard to connect um, manufacturers, you know, like um, home automation devices from various manufacturers. And it struck me as MIDI's the kind of like would be an incredibly weird but historically well precedented choice for that kind of thing. If that makes sense. That was my thought. I could, con just... I could control my home heating system using my MIDI keyboard. Mm, okay. Well, Interesting. You could control it using any anything that currently does MIDI plus all the experience that people have of working <laughs> with MIDI. I'll connect an RP. I'm really. I I think there is. I'm being silly. Ha ha ha. No, I, th I think an arpeggiator controlling your lights would be brilliant. There we go. It would be interesting. Um, I don't care about... Uh, basically, I had a little back and forth with someone on Twitter. Um, or, and who else they could buy, which other music um, company buy. And they, was, they had in their list Bandcamp, and I was like, no. But I hope Apple doesn't go anywhere near Bandcamp. Otherwise, I don't care because I don't buy. Okay. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, I think as so, uh, let, 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 I'm going to head into the plunder, though I'll remind you very quickly to head into the plunder that if you want to, you can uh, subscribe to the audio podcast. Do that. Oh. Yeah. Hardware. Oh, I think Adam wants to play guess the hardware, but 
Adam, you're a robot voice to me, which makes it really hard to play guest the hard way. Um, okay, I'll answer via chat window then. Well, I can hear. Okay, so what have we got then on the guess the hardware? It is a blue face thing. We appear to have some LEDs. One of them might be labelled lock and write. So we're talking about something that can do automation, perhaps, or is that Simpty? Maybe we've got okay. We've got eight channels of something. Um, Are gonna... the LEDs at the top of the screen a different device? I'm going to back the camera up a bit. There we go. It's the same thing. We've got dials. Oh, I feel like it's just... it's like... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you are dealing with two different pieces. Of... Oh, okay. So the, the one at the top is a, is an 8 but I'd say is an 8x8 MIDI interface, and I'd like to... It would be... It, it, I don't think it's a MIDI Sport 8x8. I think rather, is it the what was possibly badged eMagic at one point? Not just badged. eMagic did actually make hardware. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. That's it. It. I think that is the eMagic MIDI MIDI interface, which was an eight by eight, and I cannot remember. It. It's is it going to be called something like an MT sixteen or something like that? This one is called the Uniter Eight Mark Two. And okay, that, got a Motu. Um, that's a Motu box. The other one, yeah, QMX DSP. Yeah. Which one is it then? Is it the Traveller? Yeah. It's the Traveller. It's the, uh, okay, and the great thing about these two pieces of hardware is that they both still work on the latest version of Mac OS X on uh, Yosemite, um, which is amazing because the they're both over 10 years old. I think the Uniter 8 might be 15 years old by now. And Apple, to their credit, still provides a driver for that. Um, and Motu, we know, are legendary for their um, hardware support, so no surprise. Very cool. Very cool indeed. That's my official statement on that. Very cool indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Okay. I'd started, but I'll write it. Don't forget, if you want, you can subscribe for free to the audio podcast. You'll get us on iTunes, GPodder, and Stitcher. You can also uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well if you wish for the um, the more live, uh, visually pleasing version of the show if you wish. Uh, there is the world's lowest traffic uh, email list available to you as well um, if you want to as well. So that's kind of that's kind of cool. There we go. That's, that's, uh, and if you'd like to contact us, I guess you know, you can send us an email show at theaudiopodcast.co.uk at theaudiopodcast on Twitter. Did I be looking at that this week? Nope. Um, also on Facebook, where we picked up a couple okay. of extra likes, because Facebook tells me that when I'm in there anyway. So there we go. That's cool. Thank you for those people. That was awesome stuff. And I with think that, one of those uh, might be a bot. Might be a bot, yeah. <laughs> and with that, into the plunder. Into the plunder. Arg. Arg. Bar. Cool. Um, this plunder in this week then. Me. Um, so is this two separate things? Because I got a bit confused. So we've got actually what happened when I looked at this plunder is I went to the O'Reilly website to read about audio in website user interfacey stuff and then um, I got distracted by a free download of um, Python in education and started reading that that was yeah <laughs> that's what happened I like it 
Well, it's essentially it, it's it's a typical O'Reilly Radar article in that it's surprisingly in-depth, detailed, and long. Um, I'd encourage, I'd recommend it to you um, as something for your lunch break, perhaps while enjoying the audio podcast, like the, the next week's audio podcast, obviously, or the day after you've listened to this one here. Um, and it is a discussion about the practical use of audio in web interfaces. So um, it's you know, like when you can use it, you know, when you can use audio to to help in an interface and when you can't and kind of bring it into a coherent experience, which which I actually came across because I was looking at something called elevator.js, which is a, a JavaScript, um, a little bit of JavaScript that makes your screen work like an elevator when browsing long-form vertical content, which was kind of fun as well. So that, that's how I came across it. And then I was like, hey, this is definitely, this is plunder-worthy. It's plunder-worthy indeed. But I think it is the only item of plunder, and as the only item of plunder, that would mean that we are um, approaching the end of this week's show. It's it's been a rocky ride since this week. <laughs> it has indeed been a rocky ride. <laughs> has has indeed been has indeed been a rocky ride. Um, I'm not here next week. These guys don't know this, but um, I'm I'm not here next week. It's a surprise to them. I'm actually at In Music 2015 at Cambridge. Um, there you go. Cool. So, I may uh, may produce some content from there, possibly. Um, and yeah. also, I'm not going to be free either. So. Oh no! Which Sam means will be, Sam audio. will be doing the the podcast alone. Which week. means there will either be no podcast, Sam solo on Tuesday, or perhaps we're having an audio podcast recording on Wednesday or something instead. We will see. See, see how we feel about these matters. So it's a classic situation. The audio podcast will return at some point in the future. But for now, I've been Scott Hewitt. I have been and am Samuel Freeman. And I am and will continue to be. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye, Robot Adam. <laughs>